All right, before today's episode starts, guys, we have a huge announcement. We are celebrating 10 years of Royally Fit being incorporated as a company. And to celebrate, we are going to be doing a 10-day sale for Royally Fit Online as well as the Badass Boutique. And that means right now, if you've been wondering what Royally Fit Online is all about, you can do your first month for $1 and then get locked in each month for $29, saving you $20 a month. On top of that, you can get Badass Boutique 10% off all of our new shit, all of our old shit. It is awesome. We just, it, 10 years is a big, it's a big, big deal for us. The fact that we're still sustaining a business 10 years in is huge and we need to celebrate. Plus, it's our one year of the ba- the Badass Podcast. Yeah, one year of podcasting together. Yeah. It flew by. Yeah, and then two years of working full-time together. Yeah, a lot of things happening and things to celebrate this September. Yeah, so to celebrate from September 2nd to September 12th, we are running a 10-day sale to get in on RFO or the 10% off Badass Boutique, use the link in the show notes and then the discount code ANNIVERSARY, all caps, ANNIVERSARY. So we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary and you can use the discount code ANNIVERSARY to try out what it's like to feel like a badass queen, join our royal family, just try RFO out. It's $1, guys. If you don't dig it after a month, yeah and in all honesty we had made a decision last year that we would never do a one dollar sale again I know I I say this people are like she's a liar but when we brainstormed of how do we celebrate 10 years and all this awesome stuff we both were on the same page and was like yo we want so many more women to experience the badass that is royally fit so let's make it accessible to everybody one dollar a full month of royally fit online there's no better deal no you get seven years of content You get seven years of workouts, recipes, like coaching, like all these amazing things that you guys can go through as a library, save, bookmark. You're also going to be getting emails from us like every week. You're going to be getting meal plans from us every month. You're going to be getting coaching calls from us biweekly. Like the list goes on. I won't bore you guys with the details. Go check the link out and see what it's all about if you're curious. And yeah, it's our 10 day sale. We'd love for you guys to get in. Anniversary, all caps. And do us a favor. Tell your friends. Tell any woman that you think would love this. Let's get the message out there and make our tribe even bigger and badder. Yes. Bam. And on to the episode. Hey, welcome to that badass podcast. I'm Kaylee, your realistic nutritionist, helping you find the balance between green smoothies and red wine. And I'm Ashley, the creator of Royally Fit that went from obsessive exercising and calorie counting to living a free, unrestrictive and badass life. We are here to build a tribe of babe supporting babes so you can thrive in your fitness, health and mental wealth. So if you like to keep it real, raw and controversial, welcome. Let's get started. Boom! Nailed that shit! (laughs) After like 18 tries. (laughs) All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to That Badass Podcast. We are hanging out here today with Elena. She is a strength and conditioning coach and the creator of 2XL. So we are going to be chatting today about how to be a leader in life. So this is kind of like her main topic right now. What she's really passionate about is about becoming a leader in things. So what you guys are gonna be able to take away from this episode is not only just how to be a leader, because obviously we're personal trainers and how to be leaders in that, but also how you can be a leader at work, how you can be a leader in your home life, how you can be a leader in your personal relationships. So this isn't specific just to how to be a leader as a personal trainer or as an entrepreneur. It's how to be a leader in general. So yeah. yes, thank you. This is a really cool topic and uh, thank you for joining us. 
I'm so excited to be here. I'm so yeah. pumped to chat. Yay! Yeah. So it's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. So we do have some fun rapid fire questions that we're going to start with. But before we get into that, why don't you just tell our listeners what training 2XL is? Okay. So, oh my gosh, I always have such a hard time, I guess, like with our, my elevator pitch, but I'm just going to kind of talk from the heart. So training to excel is very much a space to find all things training, nutrition, and lifestyle. A lot of it is rooted in my life as an athlete and then becoming a student athlete and then becoming a strength and conditioning coach, but also being able to tie that to individuals that didn't have um, the opportunity to be on a team um, or kind of, you know, we're in that sport world, but making the things that I've learned in my experience really accessible for other people. So you could really find all things kind of like strength training, um, easy nutrition, uh, and you know, how to live a healthy lifestyle, whether that's setting goals for yourself, creating really good sustainable habits, or, you know, just how to be happy and surround yourself with good vibes. I love that Amazing. so much. And for anybody that's listening, if you don't follow Elena, you need to. You're my favorite things when you post like you at the gym, just doing like using a machine and you put like exactly how like the form is all written out for people and like little cues from it. It's very educational. And for those that are like intimidated by the gym, I think following you would just give them some confidence because they would actually know how to use some <laughs> of the machines and to do some of these moves. So I love following you for that reason. Yeah, I appreciate that so much because that's something that... I'm a big like visual feedback person. So I started filming myself doing exercises um, when I wasn't training in kind of that team atmosphere or wasn't training with someone. Uh, and then, you know, one day I was like, oh, maybe I'll just post this and like put some of the cues and kind of use it as a teaching tool. And it's become kind of a staple with, I guess, the content I put out. Um, and that is something that like I'm really passionate about. And I want people to know that like I want to teach them something. I want to help educate and empower people and give them the tools to feel really confident in the gym themselves, as opposed to just being like, here's like, here's what I'm doing. Like, look at me doing this, you know, squat or whatever. It's like, well, what can I add to it that people are going to be able to utilize in their own workout in a more yes. sort of like impactful way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You're killing it on that front. I, I love watching those. Even for me, I'm like, am I doing this right? Like, it's just nice to see those cues to remind yourself of those little things that we often forget about. So yeah, that's my plug for your Instagram. For oh, you. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. Which is, which is by the way, at training to XL, right? Yes. That's your actual Insta handle. Yeah. The number two and then the letters XL. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so let's get into some of those rapid fire questions. Okay. All right. First one. We kind of just talked about this, but how do you drink your coffee? What's your go-to coffee order? You know what? I'm a black coffee kind of girl. Unless I'm feeling like bougie, I'll put a little bit of like steamed almond milk in it or like frothy. I mean, now that I can do it at home, it's yeah. But you know what? I, if I had a choice, it would be black coffee. All right. Interesting. McDonald's coffee. Mm -hmm. coffee. Um, okay. So what are you binging on right now? Like a TV show. Okay. I, I think a year ago, I would have been embarrassed to admit this, but I just finished watching all six seasons of Glee again on Netflix. I've actually considered re like going back and rewatching oh, it. Did you watch it too? I watched it in high school. Was it? Yeah, high it, it would have been, I was in like first or second year when it first came out. Oh, I was, I'm older. You maybe would have just graduated, but like, yeah. I, I've always had a soft spot for musicals and 
yeah, before I would have been, it would it was such a guilty pleasure that I wouldn't admit to anyone. And now I'm like, yep, I'm just putting it out there. I love Gleek. I'm a Gleek. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy it. So I literally like just finished that. So I'm looking for a new binge. Well, I know because you and I were DMing back and forth. We were binging Stranger Things at the same yes. time. Yes. And I know that you're also a huge fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> Very big Stranger Things, Stranger Things fan. Um, what is your like all-time favorite food? Oh, Oh my gosh, this shouldn't stump me so much because I love food. That's why it's the hardest though, because you love all food like me. Yeah, I would say like scallops oh. and like really good seafood. And I just got back from Halifax where I had some of the best seafood. So maybe that's like, it's just top of mind, but I feel like really good, like grilled seafood, but like scallops are yeah. top. Interesting. I've never heard that answer before. Very unique. I like that one. Yeah. Um, okay, next one is what is your drink of choice? Like your alcohol drink of choice? Ooh. Either like a white wine or rose spritzer with like bubbly or like LaCroix, like fizzy water, or like a kombucha cocktail of some sort. I knew you were gonna throw, throw kombucha in there. <laughs> I love it. There's a place I I've had like a kombucha mojito. Ooh. And it was, yeah, I think it was at Fresh downtown Toronto and it was very good so it kind of was like a combo of all my favorite things that's what we should nice. be doing with our kombucha right yeah, now. yeah. Exactly maybe we'll bit. do that on Friday with the girls yeah. oh good call mm-hmm. um and then what is the last book that you've read Ooh, okay so the last book I like physically read was food what the heck should we eat yeah oh, good one Mark Hyman yeah so so good uh that is like oh my gosh that could be like a whole hour-long conversation yes else, but he just writes it in such a good way that like for people that do understand nutrition and, you know, understand their body will get something out of, but also people that really have no idea, like what you should be eating and what you should be looking for. He just has like so much info in there. And then the last book, I think I like completed and we've, and Kaylee, we've chatted about this is yeah. you are best at making money, mastering yes. the mindset of wealth. I've listened to it like six times now. And like, every time I listen to it, I get something different from it. So that's one, like, especially when I'm doing a lot of driving, a lot of commuting to have that on in the background. And like every once in a while, just like pick up these little things. And I'm actually like putting things into practice. Whereas the first couple of times I listened to it, I was just like, yeah, that's a great idea. I should totally tell myself I'm a money magnet, but then like <laughs> never do it. So it's yeah. like now actually trying to like implement what she teaches, which is that's cool. amazing. We're very aligned. Cause those are almost like two Bibles for us. That's like the Mark Hyman is like the health. He's like the health God. Yeah. And then Jen Sincero is like very in tune with like our mindset training. That's not yeah. a little bit too fluffy, like very direct and yes. easy to read. And yeah, yeah, very cool. Okay. We only have one more question and we'll get into like the nitty gritty of our actual episode. And that is what is your favorite workout style? Ooh, I mean, I would have to say strength training. I just think like it's, it makes you feel badass when you can like pick up heavy shit and put it down again and, and then pick it up again. And, um, and it's, it's very empowering and, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, again, I could, this is like my, that's my zone right there is strength training. Um, but I do really enjoy running and I enjoy running more for the mental benefit, I would say, than the physical benefit. Um, whereas when I was younger, I was like, I'm just going to run for four hours. Cause I think that's like a good idea. And now it's like, that's my escape. And it's like, I don't, I don't do it for like the pace or the distance or the calories. It's like, I do it. Cause it's just like, there's something about a rhythmic movement and it's meditative. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
I don't listen to music anymore when I do it. So oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that actually happened after my dad passed. I couldn't find, I, I don't know. There was something about like, I felt, um, almost like trapped when I had my headphones in and for whatever reason, it was just very freeing. And that's kind of like my time, I guess, to like chill with him and yeah. just be like really present with that. So that's something that's been like a huge game changer in my kind of exercise and physical activity. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Should, should we get into the bulk of it now? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. So like we said, we're going to be talking about leadership and for a lot of people, they might think like, well, what does it have to do with me? But realistically, like we're, we're all role models to somebody. We're all leaders to somebody. So why not be the best leader that we can be? And learn how to like take those skills and use them into our everyday life. Like we said earlier, whether it's with family and our relationships at work, like you don't have to be the boss to be a good leader and to make change. So let's get started. Um, some of the qualities, we'll start with qualities. Yeah, let's do qualities. Like, to what, be a good what leader. Is the qual- what are the qualities of a good leader? I think approachable is a very important quality. Um, because in order to be a good leader, you need to be receptive to feedback and to conversation and be open for conversation. And I think to be honest, that's a quality that, um, has lacked in some of the leaders that have led me, let's say. And I think that's why I was so drawn to this. Um, but being approachable is super important. Also being confident in what you do, um, and what you have to offer and knowing that you are there for a reason. So whether you're captaining your, you know, high school basketball team, or you are a leader in the workplace, just being confident that you are there for a reason. And it's not an accident that you're there. Um, I know we all kind of can struggle with self-doubt at times, but I think having that confidence in ourselves, if we know that we're in a position of leadership is really important. Um, I would say this is maybe not a, a particular word, but being receptive to feedback. That's one that I think everyone can really work on. That kind of goes with being approachable is if, you know, if you're able to give feedback and sometimes that's a tough conversation with someone, whether it's a friend or someone you work with or a teammate or whoever it might be, but also being super receptive to any constructive feedback that can come back your way. Um, and I think a lot of times people see feedback as like, insulting and like there are totally times that people deliver feedback in a really poor way and that's how it comes across but you know a good leader is able to give and receive feedback um in a really kind of easy way and you know I know for example when I played basketball at Laurier I had girls on my team that would give very abrupt feedback and you know in the moment could kind of come across in a not so constructive way, but we knew like outside of the court and off the court, we're like family. And sometimes things come up in the heat of the moment and it's being able to like remove yourself from the situation, maybe cool down a bit and then come back to it, knowing that that person has your best interests in mind. Um, and, oh, I just want to add one thing to that. I love that you said the, the feedback because so many people take things so personally and it's really important to remove yourself from that. And it's like, it's not about me. It doesn't mean I'm a shitty leader or I'm a bad person or this. It's just cr- like constructive criticism. So also like being able to handle that feedback and make those tweaks, like that's how leaders get better is by practicing and getting feedback. So anytime somebody comes at you with something that even could be perceived as negative, being able to turn that around and say like, how can I be better 
based on the feedback that I've been given. Mm -hmm. And knowing, and knowing how to give feedback is a skill. And I don't think I really learned that until I went to do my master's. I did my master's in coaching. So they really focused on how to, how to be a good leader, whether that's again, in the workplace, if, if you're coaching a team, if you are a part of another team and there really is skill to giving feedback like there's the like positive sandwich where it's like, yes. you say a really positive thing. And yeah. then you say something that you kind of want to work on. And then you say another really great thing. Um, and I find that like, that's a really easy way to be like, you, there's so many things you're doing great. Here's like a little tidbit we can work on. And it just like frames it in such a way that it's not like you're doing this wrong or like you're a shitty human being. It's not that it's just like, here's something that we can work on. Um, and I also think good, leaders obviously communicate really well and this could be verbal communication so things they actually say but also nonverbal communication how are they listening how are they receiving energy how do they hold themselves like i remember watching gray's anatomy i don't know if you guys were gray's fans but oh, i was um, diehard yeah so uh, amelia why am i forgetting her last name amelia. oh yeah derek's sister yes yes yeah. And how she did the like power, the power pose. Yeah, the power pose. And I think that's like, and it, it's just one of those tools that like when people, like I know when I've like worked for people or seen people as a leader, even just the way they like physically carried themselves, it was like their shoulders are back. They have good posture. It's like they really know how to like elevate the energy around them. And, it, it, and that could be very different from the things that they say. So it's like the way you carry yourself and the way you communicate both verbally and non-verbally, I think is like a really, you know, powerful part of being a leader. Yeah. I love all those. Amazing. Okay. So if somebody's listening right now and they're like, okay, I'm not really good at giving feedback, not the or best at receiving. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm approachable, but I'm not sure because people don't feel comfortable talking to me or like, I, I don't feel the most confident. I definitely don't have like the physical, I'm working on like the mental. What would you say are ways to increase those things? Like how do they step into being a leader in any area of your life? I think putting yourself in different situations um, where you could be a subject of feedback or be in a position to give feedback to someone else. So I don't know if, you know, sometimes in workplaces they do like surveys and it's, you know, anonymous to like see how things are going in the company. It's like not being afraid to actually speak up and be really honest and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, which is something that I think kind of goes across the board. If you want to grow and evolve in any way, you, you need to be okay with being uncomfortable. And especially when it comes to the feedback, it like, it could just be like, what, what is a piece of feedback that I can give to someone that I know will help them, whether that's a friend or a family member, or maybe it, it maybe you go to a group class every week and there's something that you know that would elevate it just like that little bit more. It's like, why not approach the instructor? And even if that's just part of your practice, like getting into that mindset, it's like there, there are always little areas that you could provide that. Maybe that's like the person that serves you at the grocery store being like, thank you so much. That was great service today. I like really appreciate what, you know, your help or, you know, it doesn't always have to be constructive. It could just be like, it could be sending someone a compliment. And sometimes I feel like we hold those things back and then we'll, we'll tell other people, but we won't tell the person that like impacted us in a really positive way. So it doesn't always have to necessarily have like a negative connotation to it. Um, and 
to be honest, um, when I first got into the strength and conditioning world, I was given the opportunity to work uh, with the Laurier football team. So I was the head strength coach for the team. And at the time I was like 24 or 25. And there were times that I walked into the gym and I was like, okay, I'm really nervous right now. Like, should I be here? Like, am I qualified enough? And I would say all these things in my head. And I just kept telling myself, fake it until you make it. And there's a lot of things I love about that quote. And there's some things that I've definitely like grown from. But at the time I was like, I'm, I'm going to act like I've, I've been here before and I'll be here again. And that's actually advice my brother gave me when I played basketball. He was like, don't get too excited about hitting a basket. You got to act like you've been there before and you'll be there again. And I remember at the time, not really understanding that. And then like, once I got into coaching, I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. I need to have the confidence in myself that I've been here before. So you're not nervous. Like it's your first time, but having the confidence that you're like, I'm going to do so well, I'm going to be back here again. So I think the fake it till you make it thing, especially at the start, it's like, yeah, sometimes you have to like maneuver like your physical posture to like sit up a little bit taller. And even though on the inside, you're like a little nervous and you're like, I don't know, should I be here? It's crazy what like a physical stance can do to our mindset. And that's going back to that, that power pose. That's Mm -hmm. literally what it is. It's like putting yourself in that like really strong, powerful position. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't believe it at that second, if you do it and continually do it, it's amazing what happens to our mindset. Yeah. There's actually a woman that did a TED talk about the power pose. I can't remember her name right now. And it, it went viral. And then people started to debunk it and basically like criminalize this woman for saying that there's no scientific evidence to prove that power pose can bring confidence and stuff. And I call BS on that because whenever I've gone to do public speaking, one, like I used to, people think when they look at me, I'm really confident, but like when I put my hand up in high school, I would go as people can't see unless it's you, I'd go as red as Kelly's sweater. Like I would go so red. And like one of the things I started doing if I'm doing public speaking is that like, you know, I'm five one, I got to act like I'm confident. And I, part of that comes through my stance. And then, so like, I've literally gone and I've spoke at things. I think you may have been at the one and I put my leg up on a, a chair. Like I'm like, and like, I just put my leg up there and like stood tall. And like the power stance is powerful. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, there might, you know, might not be scientific evidence to prove that it can, it can, you know, it can like increase your confidence, but damn, I'll tell you, like it definitely helps me. I feel like the people that always come at you, there's no scientific evidence are always just like bitter people about other people that are more successful. But it's same with when it comes to like goal setting and manifestation and like find like believing energy and all that stuff. They're like, Oh, there's no science. And I'm like, yeah, but you're an angry person and I'm not. Mm -hmm. So I'm not taking your advice and I'm going to keep doing my power pose and manifesting to the universe I don't give a shit what you think because the rewards are going to pay off for me. Mm-hmm. I don't need scientific evidence to know that something is changing within me. Yeah. It's also the, the placebo effect though, right? Yeah. Like it's still having an effect on someone, mm-hmm. whether it's legitimately changing something in our bodies or it's all in our head. That's powerful. I think yeah. that's super powerful. And I think going back to what you were saying about like putting your hand up, that's another like great avenue and opportunity to like get outside your comfort zone a little bit if you're at a conference if you're in a work meeting it's like we all have things we want to share and things we want to say or things we want to ask it's like put your hand like there there's more often than not there's eight other people in the room that have the exact same question of you as you and they're just as scared to ask so it's like just putting yourselves in it 
putting yourself in that like somewhat uncomfortable situation. And before you know it, you're going to be like throwing up your hand being like, Oh yeah, like, wait, I have, I have five more questions I want to ask. And so it's just, it's taking those steps and going back to what we chatted about earlier. It's not just thinking about it. It's actually acting on it and doing it. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. You know, we just had a podcast come out about confidence and a lot of these things that you're saying are also about building confidence. I, this, my brain's been thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's like sometimes to build confidence, like you don't just walk into a room and you're just confident. Like this is a, confidence is a skill. It's something you acquire. Right. And it's like a lot of these things that you're, that you're saying is like, somebody might say like, well, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. I'm not a natural born leader or I'm not, you know, I'm not good at public speaking or I'm not good at receiving feedback. Well, it's like, well, that's why it's a skill and it's something that you practice, right? So a lot of these things that you're saying are like, these are things that you have to practice, just like us going to the gym and lifting weights. Like we didn't go and we're all of a sudden we got like these like Monty Python biceps, like let's be real. Like they're like that now because I do, I do a lot of bicep curls. But like, it's like, it, it takes practice. It's a skill. It's a muscle you have to develop. So well, I'd love to give an example of that. So when I went back to school to become a nutritionist, like I walked into that classroom so scared, so determined that I was going to be the dumb one in class that I didn't know anything that completely intimidated. And I was saying this literally to Ashley today, that like I worked so hard for that first test. Like I studied probably double what everybody else studied. And then I got a 98%. And instantly I was like, oh, I can do this. And then I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to go back to ever thinking that I can't do this. So I was the person that would come early to class if we had an exam with like my uh, flashcards and I'd be like, hey, if you guys want to come join me, I'm going to have a study session. And like, if there was something kind of in the classroom or something in uh, one of the lectures I didn't really like or understand, I would actually go and talk to the like person running the class or the teacher or the prof. And I became a bit of a leader in the classroom, but I didn't walk in a leader I worked on it and I like set goals for myself and it was like, well, if no one else is going to take the lead on this. Like I know I study better in groups doing flashcards and things. So I'll organize it. And so like, I wasn't a leader when I walked in, but I left a leader and that's because I made that choice and I practiced and I did all these things that got me out of my comfort zone. I'd ask a silly question or can you go back a slide? Because I didn't quite understand. Like I inserted myself in it so much that I didn't really have a choice, but to be successful and to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, is like another perfect example of like, you don't necessarily have to be the one to like put up your hand, but it's like, is there someone, let's say in, in your world, whether it's work or whether it's your personal life that you feel comfortable asking for feedback from? So it could be, I know I was definitely that kid and I'm not sure what started it. I think it was the examples that my brother set for me. So I saw my brothers always like wanting feedback to get better as athletes. So I think watching them, that's kind of what was programmed in my head. So I was definitely that kid that like after every season, after every basketball camp, after every showcase, I was going up to coaches asking what I could do to improve for the next time. And it was actually a good test for the people that I really admired. Cause I'm like, are they actually watching? Are they actually you know, coaching the way that like, I want to be coached that I know will develop me as an athlete. So it's like, as much as it was for me to learn what I could do better, it was also me asking questions to, to get, you know, to be like, do, do they have the leadership qualities I'm looking for in a coach or in a mentor? So that's something I think maybe because I was so young, I, I asked for a lot of feedback when I was young and I'll, I'll be honest, there are 
I could think of like three times in my life where I received feedback that could have put me on a really dangerous path. And because I have such a strong support system, I was able to navigate it and get myself on the right path. And it, it, they were very, very pivotal moments for me. But I think that's why I'm so passionate about this, this topic is I had a basketball coach tell me I went up to him and it was I think I was grade nine or grade 10. So I was starting to think about playing at that next level. And I remember saying like, Hey, coach, like just wondering what I can improve on for next season. Like, this is my long term goal. And I like I will do whatever it takes to get there. And I remember him laughing in my face and pretty much saying I'd never amount to anything in basketball. And like, he called me fat, he called me slow, like all these things. And I remember just standing there like, jaw, like exactly like jaw on the floor. I'm again, 14 or 15 years old. Like, I literally was I, I was baffled by it. And again, because I have like such a strong support system between my brothers and my parents and the people around me, they were able to help me turn that into fuel to kind of fuel my fire to be the best that I could be. And, and at the time, it was very much to prove him wrong. Um, but it was a very pivotal moment for me in my mindset. Um, and I, I wish I didn't have to learn it that way. And I don't wish that kind of experience on anyone but I know I learned so much from it um that sometimes it's important to go through those conversations of like oh my goodness you pretty much just showed me exactly what I don't want to be like and yeah. I think at the time I was like I don't learn anything from that like I whereas I almost in my experiences as a strength coach I've almost learned more working with coaches that I'm like wow I'd never do that like I never want to be like that as a coach I never want to make someone feel like that you know, when I'm in a position to, to lead them. So sometimes, you know, you also, you have to take the bad with, with the good. And sometimes those like not so positive situations are going to be the ones that like really push you forward. And even if that is being like, cause to be honest, I, my mom called it, my brothers and I all had a coach that we had this kind of like relationship with, but we called it our FU season. And that was pretty much saying like, F you, I'm going to do exactly what you're telling me I'm not capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And I don't always like looking at things in like a more negative light like that. Like, I don't think we should always be like seeking revenge, but I think at the time it was a really good place of growth for me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in the position to be like, okay, yeah, like I don't love that so much. So I'm going to leave that. But I really like the way this person like provided me feedback or gave me advice or whatever it was. And you create your own hybrid, which becomes your own style of, you know, teaching or coaching or instructing or just being like a good teammate to the people around you, whether that's your family or your coworkers. So sometimes those like negative situations are just as important as the positive ones. Mm -hmm. I want to point out something because you just made a really good point. That person was your coach, but he's not a good leader. Yeah. Right. So like it, it, to be a leader it goes back to what you said at the beginning about being approachable. Mm -hmm. So you could have a boss at work that is just like a bully, like your coach was and says really negative things and makes you feel like shit all the time. Or you can have a leader at work that does the sandwich effect and is really good at giving you feedback constantly, whether that be positive or maybe sometimes uncomfortable and negative, but they're a leader and they're approachable and you want to do good for them. Or you could put the same thing in a family, right? So like, let's put that example into being a parent, right? Like we're constantly giving feedback to our daughter, Rowan 
we could be assholes about it and just be constantly, no, 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 no. Because mommy said so. Yeah. (laughs) Or, or we could be a leader and then, and give her positive and negative feedback, but also show her that we can give positive and negative feedback to each other as a couple. Right. So like there, that's that difference where you say approachable, like, uh, like you can have a boss that's crappy. You can have a parent that's crappy and you'll do things for them. Cause it's kind of like the F you like middle finger. I'm going to do this because you told me I can yeah. But like, that's not ultimately what's going to have, um, they're not going to be a leader. They're yeah. just going to be a, a, a bully and they're, they might get far in life, right? They might, they might work their way up the corporate ladder, but they're not going to be a leader and they're not going to have an impact on people and the person that they become and, and like, and their career as a parent or a friend or whoever, yeah. um, by being like that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to differentiate, like you said, between being a leader and a coach because, or a boss or whatever, because if you are in a situation where you have that boss, it's just not nice. And it's not constructive criticism. It's just criticism. If you can mentally shift the way that you did with your coach in high school to be like, not just play victim and be like, Oh, well he said this. So therefore I'm that. And therefore now I'm, I'm fat. I'm slow. I'm never going to amount to anything. Or you can be like, fuck this. And it's important to make sure that if you're, if your boss is that jerk that, you know, like Hey, you're my boss. I got to get my work done, but you are not my leader. And I'm not going to waste my, even my time trying to have you be my leader of being able to just kind of remove that role and just, you know what I'm saying? I think negative feedback is important. I think when you get negative feedback like that, it's always good as like a, as a rule to challenge feedback, not saying you're going to get an argument with this person, but if somebody has a statement like you're fat and you're slow, it's like, is that actually a fact? Yeah. Right. And that, that opinion is arbitrary anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, just because somebody does give you maybe negative feedback, you can accept that, but then you should also like build your confidence by challenging that. And you, you know what, you have to be self-aware enough to be like, yeah, that was probably some really on point feedback that was delivered really well. I get what they're saying. I was a little bit rough in my delivery with that. I could improve, but if they're just saying something so ignorant, like what your coach said to you, it's nice that you had that support system around you to challenge that. And then that's where you can get that F you, right? Especially at that time as a girl at 14, when you're in like the most extreme insecure time of your whole life. Yeah. That's awful. Like the fact that you were able to take that and turn it into something positive is remarkable because most 14 year olds wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, I really credit that to the people that, you know, I was and am surrounded by. Um, and I, I think another thing, um, actually going off what you said is leading by example Mm -hmm. is it sometimes good leaders don't even have to say anything, Mm -hmm. but the fact that they're doing something to challenge themselves or put, you know, themselves outside of their comfort zone, or they're showing you the work ethic that they're asking of you, it's a hell of a lot easier to be like, yeah, I, I want to work just as hard for them because I know they're also putting in the hours for it. And not just someone like barking orders at you being like, you need to do this because this is your place. If I'm watching someone ahead of me, a, a leader is also someone you, you're kind of striving to be. And you're, you're, you're striving to, you know, be in that position to impact people the same way they do. But I think a lot of it comes down to their tendencies, their habits, um, and the way they carry themselves and do their own work. I think that's a really, really powerful way to lead as well. Yeah. So, okay. That's a good, a good segue into like, what are different leadership styles? Cause you're talking about different ways that you can have an impact on people. So by being a leader, so what do those styles look like? So I would definitely say leading by example would be one. So it's someone that perhaps a a more 
quiet leader, I would say, someone who isn't as vocal. Um, you know, maybe their communication isn't in their in what they actually say, but it's what they do. And I know I, I've played with, you know, I, I go back to my playing days a lot because I had, I remember a couple of captains on my team that really didn't say much, but led by example with their work ethic, um, you know, what they would do for others on the team. And they didn't always have to talk about it. They just did it. And that's something that I really, really appreciate. There is the more vocal and communicative leader that uses their voice in a really positive way, whether it's encouragement or just, you know, being that like hype person for other people. Like sometimes others need that kind of like positive boost. And so I think a, a style of leadership is using your voice and using your communication skills in a really positive way. So whether that's, like I said, being more of like the hype person and I'm thinking more on like, you know, different teams, or maybe if you are in the workplace, it's like being like, Hey man, like great job. Like you did awesome or whatever it is, but being more vocal about it. Um, and then I think there, I think the, the most effective kind of leader would be like a hybrid between someone who's not afraid to be assertive and use their voice, but someone who also walks the walk and everything that the expectations they place on others are expectations that they hold for themselves. And that's something that I, I really strive to be like, and, and, you know, I, I am a communicator. I, I know that's kind of one of my strengths and, um, but I also want to be the person that does what I say I'm going to do that does what I expect of other people, because I think so often people point fingers and are like, you know, you need to do this or you need to be better at this. But if they're watching me and I'm their leader and I'm not doing it, then I can't expect the same of them. Yeah. It's just same thing goes back to being a parent, right? You can't tell your kid to do something or not do something. And then you're off in the corner doing it. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. eat ice cream, but I'm going to sit here. And yeah. <laughs> don't be on your phone all the time, but money's on your phone, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, you have to lead by example, or that kid's going to have no respect for you, or your friend's going to have no respect for you or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think, think, oh, you oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think another like really strong quality of a leader is being really authentic. And I think now in this world of social media and there's all, like, you can really tell like who is a leader in their field. And I'm thinking of a couple of strength coaches I follow and you can tell like, even just like the way they write their like captions, like they're adding their own humor. Like you could tell that they are being themselves and they are sharing their gifts with the world. Whereas there's also some people that I feel like, like really like put on this front and are like, you know, I'm so great or I lead this and I'm an expert in this, but like, it doesn't come off in a genuine way. And I feel like if you're an intuitive person and you read energy and you get, you, you know, have a good sense of people, you can kind of like sniff through that pretty quickly. So I think like being authentic is like what kind of like brings everything together. Yeah. I love that. I love it. These are really good. These are really good. Okay. So how do people work with you? You've just dropped a whole bunch of like really powerful information on like how to coach, how to lead, how to be really confident honestly, like this is also about like confidence building should be like our confidence building part two. <laughs> podcast. Um, so like, how do people work with you? So actually something I'm like, really the direction I really kind of see my business going. And I'm going to be honest, I think this really has to do with my dad and the legacy and the impact he ha has and ha had on, on so many people. Um, he was a longtime coach, a longtime educator. And 
after, you know, the past two years, I've really been trying to think of how I can like really hone in on the skills that essentially he left us in a way that I could really like carry on his legacy with my business. And I, and a big part of that to me is mentoring others. Um, and I've had some people kind of like naturally gravitate towards me and, and I've been kind of working with them, whether they're new kind of into personal training or they're new into strength and conditioning, or maybe it's some young athletes that are going from high school sport to university sport, whatever it might be. Um, but I, I, I have a lot of ideas for my business and I like, I probably can't even put them all in a sentence right now, but a big one for me is actually, I have a couple clinics coming up. I'm running queuing and programming clinics and they are specifically for other leaders, whether it is personal training, strength and conditioning, physio, chiro, like I have a chiropractor that signed up. It's like, if you know, it's all about continuing education, but for me, it's helping you know, helping others to teach others. So what do you mean by queuing and programming? Yeah. So, um, this is mostly for strength training. So queuing the foundational movements. Um, so we're going through kind of all those things that I put in my videos with all those little cues, but what I've really decided to do is I added a really big chunk at the beginning about all these really cool things that I learned in my master's and talking about how to give feedback, what, you know, our different types of cues. We know that everyone has a different learning style and it's like, how do you adapt and how do you, you know, coach a client in the way that they're going to succeed? Because we know it's not a one size fits all. So we need to be able to understand how people learn and what they're looking for in order to kind of move them forward in, in whatever kind of workout you choose to take them through. And then the programming dives deeper into how to build a really comprehensive strength training program. And I, to be honest, I think for a long time, I was like scared to niche down so much. Like I was like, I want to do something that like everyone can join in. And definitely this is something that even just for people's own learning, like even if they're not a personal trainer or strength coach and they just want to be like, I want to know how to work out better. Like, that's great. Um, But I think, as I said, a really like big space that I want to take my business to is helping mentor and coach other leaders and helping them be the best leaders they can be in their field. So it's kind of starting with these queuing and programming clinics. And then I'm hoping to kind of, you're going to be on the CanFit pro stage. Hopefully one day, (laughs) actually, I should mention that, like I got it sanctioned through the NSCA and through CanFit pro. So if you are certified through that, you're able to get those continuing education. Oh, good. Good for me to know. Yeah. So I see that with these, you're going to be doing one in Toronto, London, and then potentially Halifax. Yes. So I actually have a friend that is opening up a gym in Halifax called Movies. You should check her out. She's awesome. A little plug for her. (laughs) But I will be going out to help train her staff and then opening up to any trainers or coaches or healthcare practitioners in that area. Um, which I'm really excited about. I'm like really excited that I could kind of like take this and almost kind of travel with it. So I'm hoping that we can kind of reach some more communities. And um, yeah, I just, I think part of it too is like getting a group of like-minded people in the same room is really, really powerful. And I know that I can learn just as much as, you know, as the people coming, I can learn just as much from them as they can from me. And I'm just really excited to like get people that like are hungry to learn. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. what I'm like most excited about. Are you still doing, I know that you've done a lot of goal setting workshops. Is that something you still do as well? Yeah. So, and, and that's something that I was, I was kind of thinking about for this month. Cause we know September is kind of like a 
like new a, January. Yeah, yeah, a new January. Um, and but I think I've I've invested a lot of my time and energy into these queuing and programming clinics. And I think something I've kind of struggled with in the past is like trying to do like too much and trying to do it all. And now I'm like, okay, I'm really like, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm like super pumped about it. So I just like, I'm like, okay, I'd rather just give all my energy to this. And then most likely in the new year, I feel like January is always a really good time. Um, But I do always do, like, I always have my one-on-one sessions available. So that's something that I do periodically with people that just kind of want to chat goals and, and get some direction and and some kind of actionable tasks um, to help them kind of pursue their goals. But like I said, I, I think I wanted to make the commitment to really like hone in on this for the fall. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Ashley and I have that same struggle of you get excited and you want to help so many people do so many things. And it's like, whoops. Yeah. (laughs) Niching, niching is important. It is important. Although it can be scary at times. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So how do people find you besides Instagram? Like how can people connect with you if they want to do some one-on-one stuff or join your clinics? So, um, Pretty much every, like I have my website, which is train2excel.com. My Instagram, same thing. My email is elena at train2excel.com. I am like, I'm always happy to like answer questions. So if, you know, there's anyone listening and they're like, I need more information before I, you know, come to this clinic or you're buy one of your programs, whatever it is, I'm always happy to chat. And so, you know, there's a contact form on my website. I love chatting on DMs. You could slide into my DMs. That is really (laughs) cool. Um, but I love, I I just love like chatting with people and actually being able to connect with people. And even if that does start as like an online connection at some point in time, I love like the face-to-face stuff. So I really, really appreciate that like in-person connection, um, which is, I think something that can get lost nowadays. So I really make the commitment to do these in-person things, whether it's small group training or classes or clinics or workshops, whatever it might be. I want to like see people like in the flesh. Like I want to give people hugs. I want to like give people high fives. Like that's, I don't know. That's how I like, I fill my cup. So um, yeah, if anyone's listening and they want to chat, like just shoot me. I definitely want to come to one of your classes. That's for sure. I see when you post them on Instagram, I'm like, those look so intense. (laughs) Yeah. That's that. awesome. And we'll put all that in our show notes as well for, for people to be able to find you if they're driving and they can't write that down at yep. this time. Yeah. So that's amazing. Well, we have one more question for you before we, we just like, I don't know, wrap up, wrap up. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, is what makes you kind of touched on this, but I'm wondering if you have another answer. What makes you feel badass? Ooh. You know what? I think taking care of myself makes me feel badass. And I know that might sound like a really kind of vague answer, but as an entrepreneur and as a strength coach, and I think like, you know, the lifestyle, the strength coach can be a lot. And I think you invest so much in other people. You sometimes forget to invest in yourself. And I think that that goes for pretty much like everyone, whether that's mothers or you're working, you know, a nine to five job, that's actually like seven to nine. Um, I think like it makes me feel really fucking good when I like do something for myself and know that like I moved myself forward, not for anyone else, but just for me. So whether that's waking up early to get a workout in or journaling or saying my money mantras in my head, whatever it might be, I feel like taking care of myself, like gives me that like power and that ownership to be like, 
yes, like I am going to be better for others because I'm doing something for myself. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Cause like we said, a lot of our listeners are mamas and yeah. they're the ones that are the most notorious for forgetting self-care for themselves. And it's, we always preach it. So I'm so happy that that's kind of how you tied in at the end there and show like why you're able to do so many things and why you've yeah. had so much success because you take care of you first. Yeah. You can't yeah. pour from an empty cup. That was the best advice I've ever received. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I love that. Well, amazing. Thank you so much for coming on here and joining us today. And uh, that was a really good informative podcast. So thank you so much for having me. This honestly like felt like just, just like a nice little chat over coffee. I love Right. Well, next time we'll have to actually try to do this in person because I like you're you're talking about connection in real life and I'm like, I want to give you a hug. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for sure. Hug does happen in the future. Amazing. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and don't forget to make today badass. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That Badass Podcast. If you could do us a huge favor and head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, we would be so grateful because you have no idea how much that helps us grow our podcast. Yeah, and as an incentive and a little bonus, we're going to be doing a monthly giveaway and it's going to be kind of a mix of everything that we have to offer. So one month it could be Royally Fit Online, joining our community. It could be from the Badass Boutique or maybe even just some like free recipes and like a coaching call or something with us. We will figure it out month by month as we go. So yeah, please go over iTunes, podcast app, leave us a five-star review. And once again, thank you so much for listening. Spare Room Studios.